0: Hello, this is Jamie Livingston and Hanako Gallagher, and we are Undecided California. California. Welcome to episode one. Yes, this is our first episode ever. Welcome along this joyous ride. (laughs) If the name didn't suggest it, which it probably wouldn't. We are a podcast aimed at informing the voters about upcoming propositions on the June and December ballot of 2018. So there are five propositions up for vote on the June
1: 5th ballot, which is coming up in like a month.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's around the corner. (laughs) And we will be covering one or two propositions each week. This week we're covering two, and next Wednesday we'll be covering one, which is 68 so you can expect a new episode
1: every Wednesday.
0: Yeah. And we'll have interviews as well. It'll be kind of a compilation of different things going on. Yeah. But we'll definitely inform you about the propositions <laughs> before you have to vote. It's our number one goal. And I know our voices sound very similar. They do sound similar. We we apologize. We will try to have more. I'll teamwork. talk
1: like way down here. Yes. And I
0: will talk all the way <laughs> up here. No, I can't do that the entire time. You will all hate me so much. Well, but, yeah. it doesn't really matter if you know who you are, as long as you get the information. <laughs> That's the whole point: is to inform you. I'm a recent graduate. This is Jamie, by the way, and I'm a recent graduate from Sonoma State University. I graduated with a degree in political science in December of 2017. I have interned for one political campaign and one nonprofit. I worked for my Condos' congressional campaign, and I also worked for Emerge America. In the fall of 2017, which is a nonprofit that recruits and trains women to run for office. I wanted to start this podcast because I really missed doing research for my degree. I really liked writing papers. When I left school, I kind of felt like this missing part of me in terms of doing research and looking more in depth into things. So, yeah, tell me about yourself, Hanako. I graduated from the University of Washington in Seattle with a degree
1: in statistics and linguistics, so more of like the numbers side of things. And I, I never took a politics class, I didn't follow politics closely while I was there, and I also was away from California, which is where I was registered to vote. So I yeah, I was kind of out of touch with what was going on. So now,
0: I'm trying to inform myself as well as as many people as we can. Yeah. yeah, I think our target audience is Hanako Gallagher right here. <laughs> We're trying to get someone who's hip and cool, but also wants to be politically informed, but not intimidated by the information. And that's our overall goal yeah. when it comes down to it. Um, we've known each other for quite some time. We grew up in the same town, Palo Alto, California. True. Actually, we've known each other since high school. Well, we went to middle school together. We did go to middle school, but we weren't like friends in middle school. No. We don't have to talk about middle school. Middle school is a (laughs) tragic time for all individuals. If you had a good time in middle school... There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with me. You are an anomaly. But we became really good friends in high school, and we were in the same graduating class, and we've just stayed in touch over the years, and we were both hanging out at home, trying to figure out our lives together, and we are like, why don't we start this podcast? I actually uh, came up with this idea for this podcast at the March for Our Lives, This past March, Mm -hmm. this guy came up to me and was trying to get me to sign his ballot signature initiative for a proposition to be on the ballot in November of this year. And when I was asking him questions and trying to scrutinize and looking over the bill, he really didn't seem to have a lot of answers. And this was really troubling to me when I looked into it later. I discovered that there was some like gaping issues within the bill And this led me to understand that a lot of Californians don't really necessarily know what questions to ask when proposed with this proposition to sign a ballot initiative. A lot of individuals don't really know what they're voting on. And when it comes to voting, you should know 100% what you're getting yourself into. I want to inform people in a way that's not intimidating, that doesn't scare them, but also leaves them understanding what's going on and well-informed and entertained. Yeah. We want to be entertaining. <laughs> Today our table of contents is as follows. I will be covering 70 and Hanukkah will be covering 69. Should I give a teaser for that? Or... Yeah, sure. OK.
1: So that has to do with, oh, it's a, it's a lockbox amendment. So ooh,
0: go find out what that means. What does that mean? I'm curious, drawn in already. And then I will be covering Proposition 70 which is focused on increasing the state legislative vote in both the Assembly and Senate from a simple majority, which is just a 50-50 majority, to a supermajority, which is a two-thirds majority, when deciding how to spend money collected from the cap-and-trade revenue in 2024. And if you don't know what cap-and-trade is, that's okay. <laughs> we, will, we will inform you. And after each proposition and is given like all the details about it, we will give our opinions of what we think we'll vote for. So it is a bit of an opinionated show, but we will, you are welcome to your own opinions and we would love to hear about them too. And our Twitters. Yeah. Give and the social medias. Us. Whatever
1: you believe
0: in, you should use your vote to express that. Yeah. But please vote. We will bug you the hell about this, <laughs> but please vote. But yeah, let's get started. Who wants to go First. I guess since
1: my number's first, I should go first. All right, here you go. Prop 69. Okay, so the title is kind of scary, but it's called the Transportation Taxes and Fees Lockbox and Appropriations Limit Exemption Amendment. Lockbox. So, yeah, the idea behind a lockbox is basically funds that are, like, that were meant to go to something. So in this case, transportation. The Mm -hmm. lockbox is basically... A constitutional amendment that forces the government to put the money towards what they said they would. Oh! So, that's basically all this one is. Okay. Is, um, last year we passed something called the Road Repair and Accountability Act, which is just $5.2 billion a year. So, it's an increase in transportation-related taxes and fees, which Mm -hmm. will add $5.2 billion every year for stuff like fixing the roads and bridges and making the roads more safe for pedestrians and for drivers
0: okay so it's just basically like hey politicians you said you're gonna spend this money on this please don't do your pet project please just spend yeah. it on this and don't put this money towards paying off other
1: debts that are irrelevant to okay. transportation okay it's not very complicated this amendment wouldn't raise your taxes because it's just telling the government to do something basically why do we have to vote on it then is it like a constitutional amendment it's because yeah anytime we amend our state constitution Okay. people have to vote on it.
0: I mean, is there any more information you think that's relevant? Like, what's, what's like, the pros and cons of it?
1: Okay, let me talk about that. So, let's see. The support for this proposition... So, there are six elected officials who are officially in support of it, and they're all uh, from the Democratic Party. And then okay. the California Democratic Party itself has vo- voiced their support. So, the arguments for would be just... It would give taxpayers the peace of mind that, like, their money is going to mm-hmm. something that they were told it would go towards, mm-hmm. and it would support their quality of life, right? They're not, like, driving through potholes and, like, getting hit by cars or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if it stops people getting hit by cars, but, you know. I mean, hopefully they would sort of, like, re-engineer some, like, more dangerous, like, intersections and stuff like
0: Oh, that. you mean, like, that one, um... The on-ramp? Ramp. Yeah, the on-ramp. Okay, so there's an on-ramp right by my house, and it's literally 100 feet. <laughs> You're just on the freeway, and it's really scary. It is
1: terrifying.
0: I, I think it's less than 100 feet. I think it's, like, 80. It's it, it's scary.
1: Yeah. So, death traps like that, hopefully, <laughs> will yeah. be taken care of. What else? Oh, it promotes jobs, because, like, the people that are fixing the roads, the people that are engineering bridges and, like traffic lights and stuff will have more work to do. Yay. And more funds to do the work with. Boost the economy. That's what I'm all about. Yeah. So who's against it? Who is against it? Um, two officials. They're both Republicans. One's a senator and one's a representative. Basically, they said, why would we need to amend the Constitution to force the government to use our money how they said they would? Like, it, they're basically saying it's like, it's an unnecessary thing.
0: Then why be against it? Like, what's the difference?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't really affect you as as a person, <laughs> as a citizen of California. All right. I think it sounds like a good idea. What's your stance on it? Yeah, I, I agree with it. Okay. I think, yeah, I had never heard of this before, but apparently lockbox amendments are, like, have been passed in, like, lots of other states mm-hmm. for, like, various, like, projects
0: and Taxes, so, cool. It's not very controversial, I would say. (laughs) Alright, well that's a good thing. So that was Prop 68. I think I would vote... 69. 69. (laughs) Yes, like the sexual position. Exactly, Um, the (laughs) sexiest of the propositions. Yes, oh yes, definitely. (laughs) Lock boxes. Um, Yeah, I think I would vote for it. Vote yes. You never know. And I don't see any drawbacks from it. Like, no. real drawbacks? If, like, their only concern is, like, we shouldn't have to have it, then it's not really a concern. But we all know the government is kind of shady sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> California's got sometimes a spending problem. But also, California is the most prosperous state, I would say. <clears throat> but we're not biased at all. <laughs> we're not biased. It's not because we, like, live here or anything We <laughs> love our California so much. Shh.
1: That was Prop 69. So tell me about Prop 70.
0: Ooh, Prop 70 is a fun one. <laughs> it's uh, it's exciting. So it's the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Reserve Fund Act. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. It's a fun one. I mean, yours was a mouthful, too. True. And what it basically does is it's a constitutional amendment requiring voter approval from the state legislature and Californians. And if it passed, it would require a one-time two-thirds majority vote from both the state and the assembly to spend tax money collected from the cap-and-trade revenue. Do you know what cap-and-trade is? I do not. Cap-and-trade is fun and sexy. <laughs> All right. It is basically an idea that's kind of been used around the world. Like, the EU uses it. There's a Providence in China that's really that's using it. Um, and there's also Korea has been using it. Okay. Cap-and-trade basically tells businesses they can only release X amount of emissions, CO two and greenhouse emissions. Oh, okay. Yeah. For California that is twenty five thousand tons of CO two can oh be emitted God. per business. Yeah, it's a lot. Okay. It's still a lot. <laughs> um and the trade factor is that businesses can if they, you know, use less than that in their business Then they can trade, use those shares and trade them and spend and like earn money from them and give them to a business or sell them to a business that doesn't have. So if
1: you want to have more than your allotted emissions, you can buy.
0: You can buy them from the state or another competing company. Okay. So then it encourages companies to sell, to like reduce their emissions because they can make money off of it. Right. Yeah. And, And like if they don't, then they have to spend money. To earn those emissions okay. back. So basically it's like a everyone can only do this, can only export this X amount of um, CO2 and it kind of makes it so it's level and it's just trading who exports what.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right. So the like overall cap for all businesses will stay the same.
0: Yeah. So it only X amount of CO2 will still be emitted. But what happens is that for businesses, it kind of maneuvers around who gets to spend what. Yeah. The overall goal is to like reduce the cap over time, mm-hmm. so it gets lower and lower. So businesses will produce less and less CO two. Okay, yeah. According to the Center for Climate and Energy Solutions, it's a nonprofit cap and trade program in California, is estimated to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by sixteen percent between two thousand thirteen and twenty twenty. Okay. Have it forty percent below nineteen ninety levels in twenty thirty. So can later. you
1: remind me again specifically what this proposition oh, is? Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> yeah. If California's voted yes, the state legislator in 24 would vote to how to use this money and it would need a super majority okay. versus just a regular majority. So that's really all that's changing It's just, it's making a super jo- majority so versus a regular majority. what's a super majority? A super majority is two thirds of the okay. legislative branch. Okay. Oh. So both the Senate and the Assembly. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It's a fun one. Cool. So, anything else you wanted to say about that? I don't know. You want to ask me about the pros and cons? Oh,
1: yeah. Tell me who's in favor, tell me who's against, and what they have to say about it.
0: Well, Jerry Brown is in favor, and then the author of the bill, Chad Mays, the state representative who's a Republican, is also in favor, along with the California Chamber of Commerce. And They're in favor of this because it promotes cooperation and bipartisanship mm-hmm. in both the House and the Senate. Their idea is like it would make it harder for people to be responsible with it. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure that's <laughs> totally viable. Another one is that it would allow for more time to be evaluate the cap and trade benefits for California, because the longer it's like being collected, because it would take a while to negotiate a vote for this. It's it's going to take a lot more people. Mm-hmm. So the longer it kind of like sits there, the more we can see how it's benefited California. But that's also a drawback because it works in to favor of the opposition of people from cap and trade. Because then it doesn't actually spend the money that needs to be spent mm. that would be that's generated from this. So it's like taking out a benefit of the cap and trade and just being like, oh, let's just look at it <laughs> as it is, ignoring the fact that actually we're just taking out a giant benefit from it. Okay. Yeah. The cons are that it's going to be really difficult to pass a comprehensive bill
1: mm-hmm. because
0: it's going to just take so much more. And then also there's also the factor of the tyranny of the minority. You know what that means?
1: No, please explain. Okay. Cutie <laughs> <community laughs>
0: minority is a political science term where it means the small a small group of the, of people, like a smaller percentage of the minority, can have a huge effect on the regulating or the policy of the larger group. So basically if the majority if the if this minority is more than
1: one third, then mm-hmm. they have the power to like stop things from happening. Is Not that what you're even, saying?
0: Like, all of them, just the small amount of people who were deciding to vote yes on it. So it's even smaller than that. Wait. Okay, so if you had, like, out of 100 people, there's 36 that are Republicans and uh-huh. 64 that are Democrats, right? Yes. That does add to 100. <laughs> that does. It took me a minute to figure it out. Only two Republicans would be needed to switch that to a... No, more than two. Three Republicans would be needed to switch that vote. So really, those three Republicans can decide how... If- I see. Okay. Yeah. If they vote yes or no. So all the power ends up in these, like,
1: three people's hands.
0: Yeah, basically. It ends up in the Republicans' hands, the majority. So they can kind of push the pendulum more to their side. Right. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, and people who are opposed to it are mainly Democrats, the California Democratic Party, along with the Coalition for Clean Air, and several media outlets, basically local newspapers like the Monterey County Herald, Sacramento Bee, and San Francisco Bee okay. have all come out against it, which is kind of interesting the Democrats are against it because they are the majority of people who voted for it. Yeah. Well, how does that work? So it was passed along with two other bills. The two other bills, ex- one is AB 398 and extends cap and trade to 2030. So cap and trade was only supposed to be to 2020, not to 2030. Okay. And the other one creates... New air pollution regulations. Cap and trade needed two-thirds, and the other one needed a simple majority. Okay. In order to be able to do so, Jerry Brown had to negotiate with the Republicans and be like, you can have this bill, but we get cap and trade longer, and we get more regulations on air pollution. Okay. And the Republicans were like, eh, no, I'm still going to vote against it. <laughs> so all the Republicans voted against this bill, which I thought was kind of funny, but I think they were, you know, collectively... Vote against all of the bills. Yeah. And this one just got tied up into it. I see. But some Republicans did vote for it, including the author of the bill and this main supporter. Which is interesting why the Republican party hasn't come out in favor of this because it really would kind of diminish the effects of cap and trade and if they're not a favor of cap and trade. This would be a definite policy they want to look right. into. So it basically voting yes or no is like how much do you like cap and trade as an idea as a policy in California.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Okay, so it's possible that Prop Seventy could, like, could not pass, mm-hmm. but we would still get cap and trade until twenty thirty, and we would still get the other. Yeah, we still you get mentioned. everything else. Okay.
0: Yeah, everything else is still fine. You want to ask me a question? Oh wait, can you tell me about lawsuits related yes! to this Prop Yes, I can tell you about lawsuits. Why am I so excited? We this definitely is... did not discuss this. We earlier. did not discuss <laughs> this. I did not say, please ask me about this lawsuit <laughs> that occurred. I, this is the part of Pauly's side that I actually really like is when it gets all Drama. bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hmm, I'm going to like sue you, bitch, because you just like screwed up the language. And he's like, oh, okay, I have no comment on it. I kind of did, but whatever. Which is basically what <laughs> happened. So it's um, Maze versus Padilla. Padilla? Padilla? I don't know. Padilla? I should have looked this up before. I didn't I'm going to call it Padilla. <laughs> I don't think that's how you say it. So the plaintiff is uh, Chad Mays, and he is the Republican supporter and author of this bill. Okay. And he says that there's uh, language is used to promote bias against Prop 70, which I agree with. The direct quote is, "is false, mo- misleading, and likely to cause prejudice against Proposition 70. The defendant is Secretary of State Alex Padilla. I think it might be Padilla. I think it's Padilla. I think it's Padilla. Okay. I'm sorry, Padilla. I said your name wrong. <laughs> and he's had no comment on the matter as such. He argues that the measure does not limit California's authority, but requires a one-time two-thirds majority. So the title of the propositions that they put on the ballot mm-hmm. is limits legislative authority to use cap-and-trade revenues to reduce pollution. This is not true.
1: That makes it sound like, why would you ever vote for this? Yeah, yeah. it sounds
0: horrible. It sounds like a horrible bill. Like, What's going on? Yeah, N- No, it's, it doesn't do that. Uh, it just makes it a one-time two-thirds vote. They can still vote however they want, but if you're a Democrat, this is how you're going to see it, right? Because you're going to be like Republicans are going to like reduce it and all this stuff. But you never know that all of a sudden there could be a major switch and the Democrats could be that minority <laughs> and the Republicans could be the majority, and then it would do the opposite, right? Oh, okay. but I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's California. The judge ruled in the plaintiff's favor, uh, Secretary Padilla has to change the language on the bill, on the ballot, to describe the proposition. Okay. So that's basically the whole of this proposition. It's I personally would vote no, because I enjoy cap and trade, and I do think this is going to greatly limit the ability for it to be more left-leaning. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very much a party-based vote. If you're yeah. in support of cap and trade, you're going to vote no. If you're non support of cap and trade, you're probably going to vote yes on this thing. So it's a very opinionated vote. So it depends on you. If you're like screw cap and trade, I don't think it's like a good enough philosophy, then
1: then vote yes. Then vote
0: yes. Or you're like I don't trust those democrats. They're going to be unwieldy with their spending with this money and they're going to spend it on things that don't need to be spent on. Yeah, then vote yes, but I don't think that's going to happen personally. <laughs> So I'm going to vote no. What about you?
1: Well, keep in mind that I
0: just learned what cap and trade is like five minutes
1: ago. <laughs> I think I would vote no.
0: You'd vote no? But,
1: I mean, it's hard not to be biased
0: when you hear about who's in support and who's against. against. Yeah, that is true. Cap-and-trade is a really, really useful program, and it's been suggested all over the place. I think Canada uses it, too. huh There's a lot of different countries that are using cap-and-trade, and it's very effective.
1: So we do have, like, research behind.
0: Oh, yeah. California is, f- is the fourth largest cap-and-trade program in the world, behind the EU, Korea, and a Chinese province that I cannot pronounce. Couldn't even pronounce, video guys. Okay. Don't <laughs> ask me to pronounce this. It's going to be offensive. But, Yeah. According to the Center for Climate Change and Energy Solutions. Okay. Um, Also, there has been no money raised on either side of this bill, according to Ballotpedia.
1: Oh, yeah. That was also
0: true for Prop 69. No money. No money. No one cares. (laughs) No money for these bills. They're small potatoes. I think it's going to be a different story once we get to the November election. True. So, yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. (laughs) So, this was our... Lovely rendition of what propositions you should pay attention to uh this coming election.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well there there are three more.
0: There are three more. We have already we had to cover one of them together, prop sixty eight, because it was so large, guys. It was hefty. It was twenty-two pages. So I was like, <laughs> mm, I'm not gonna make either of us read that all of that by ourselves. So we did it together. So we're gonna have a friend come on next time. And they're going to sit there and listen to us try to explain this bill very awkwardly. And they're going to be like, I even have less interest than you two (laughs) in politics. I have a lot of interest in politics, though, because this is my major.
1: Tune in next Wednesday when we'll be talking about Prop 68, which is the $4 billion tax bond initiative. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Undecided California. And for more information, visit our website, UndecidedCalifornia.com.
0: Special thanks to Michael Aguilar for creating our promotional materials. And Paul Candel for his advice. And thank you to all our friends and family who listened to all the rough drafts we forced upon them. (laughs) And listening to us complain when we thought it was bad. (laughs) Just thank you. Thank you. You know who you are. See you next time. Bye.